One of the newest members of the St. Louis Board of Aldermen is no stranger to city politics. Dwinderlyn Evans was the Democratic committee woman for the fourth ward and a familiar face in the chambers at City Hall. She was elected in June to replace the late Sam Moore, whose legacy she pledges to continue in her new role. Evans joins me next on the latest episode of Politically Speaking. Let's hit the music. This is the Politically Speaking podcast, the definitive show about Missouri politics. It's a little complicated in Bolivar because there is a Parsons family there. But we also knew that it was important to make sure that that we got to where we needed to go. You know if you walk in a room and you're getting ready to make a decision and everybody in the room looks like you, you need to stop. And right now what happens in the United States Senate is as critical as anywhere else in the country. I really want the state to succeed. We want everybody to uh, know that we're all working together. I just worked hard to try to build my name where I didn't have the money. And welcome to Politically Speaking. I'm your host, Rachel Littman. Joining me today from the studios of St. Louis Public Radio is my colleague, Jason Merzenbaum. And also joining us today as our special guest is Dwendalyn Evans, Alderman of the Fourth Ward. She is one of the newly elected aldermen, replacing longtime uh, Alderman Sam Moore. And um, Alderman Evans, this is your first time on the Politically Speaking podcast, which as um, we have been doing for the past four months is being done via Zoom. We like to add that disclaimer in there in case people are hearing background noise they're not expecting. Um, Alderman Evans, tell us a little bit about yourself. What should people know about you? I was born and raised here in St. Louis, Missouri all my life. Um, I attended St. Louis public school system. I grew up in various wards of the city. My first ward, and I'm not sure the boundaries of it, but I grew up on Aldine when I was not even old enough to grow to school go to school, got my degree from O'Fallon Tech. I went to Harris Teachers College. It was not a state college then, but Harris Teachers College at the time, got my degree from there. And from there, I, I taught two years in the St. Louis public school system and 32 years in the Normandy public school system. Uh, While I was there, I got my master's in administration from Lindenwood College. I believe that's the history of my educational background. You spent a lot of time as an educator, it sounds like. What led you to become involved in the political world as uh, I think first the uh, Democratic uh, committee woman for the, the fourth ward. Before I became involved in politics, I was always in uh, a voice for our neighborhood, just trying to make sure that where I lived was, was stabilized. Uh, I was chair of the uh, block unit, uh, uh, 30 block unit, uh, 33. And um, from there, just being a servant of the community, whenever I saw something that possibly needed to be 
uh, fixed or we had concerns in the neighborhood, I would always, uh, you know, use Citizen Service Bureau to try to get things done. And when that didn't happen, then I would call Alderman Samuel Moore. And he began to learn that if I called him, it was the last resort because I had dotted all my I's and crossed all of my T's towards trying to get concerns uh, taken care of. And uh, like trash that was being illegally dumped and we were trying to get it cleaned up and so forth. So we, I always use him as a last resort. And he knew that whenever I called, like I said, I had dotted all my I's and crossed all my T's. And uh, I learned that going through him, I could get things done. And so after a while, I was labeled by Alderman Sam as one of his VIPs, one of his very important people, because he knew that if I called him, it was a legitimate concern, and he did all that he could to help rectify the things there. So that those were my early um, uh, involvement before I became politically uh, involved. Um, I was also attended several meetings, and uh, I can remember Norma Leggett asking me, we used to meet over at her house, and she would ask me uh, if I wanted to be the committee woman. I say, well, no, I don't think so. I like doing things on the outside, doing things my way. I said, only as a last resort uh, will I contemplate being a committee woman. I said, now, I know there are other people here that want to be committee woman, so only as your last resort. And so I guess I was her last resort. And so she asked me, well, are you going to run or what? I said, well, since you haven't found anyone, I guess I will. And so that's how I got into it. I want to ask you about how you became Alderwoman because it was based off a sad situation in that uh, the aforementioned Alderman Sam Moore died after a long illness. And I think it was always kind of assumed that you were going to be his successor. I remember I was at a Board of Freeholders nominating meeting where they where some of the aldermen were kind of tiptoeing around the fact that he was ill and that one of the things was that you were going to become the his successor. So. So what was your going through your mind after he passed away and knowing that you were going to be transitioning from being a committee woman into an alder, alder woman? Okay. Well, before I answer those questions, let me uh, interject some information here. When Alderman Moore was sick, he had first mentioned that to me. I had no idea. I mean, it came at me from out of left field. But because he, as a committee woman, he would always ask me to go in and uh, represent him at a certain meeting here. And I would always do that. And I'm saying, I'm here on behalf of Alderman Moore. And whatever it was that he wanted me to uh, attend, I did. Uh, so 
when he first mentioned the fact that he wanted to wanted me to succeed him as alder person, it caught me off balance. I was not expecting it. And I didn't answer him right away. He was in the hospital. And I just said, okay, but you hurry up and get well and come on out of here, you know, because I wanted him to come on out. And uh, that was uh, his first mentioning of me being the next older person. I didn't answer him right away. As a matter of fact, when I left that hospital, I went outside and on the parking lot of Christian Northeast. I had a talk with my God. I said, God, if this is what you want me to do, I'll do it, but I can't do it without you. And I won't do it without you. I need you to put the right people in my path that will help me do your will to uplift our community. And he has shown me in so many ways that he was with me and this was what he wanted me to do. So I don't know, I may have gone all off, off question as to what it was she was asking me, but I just wanted to lay that groundwork first to let you know why I decided to go ahead on and run for all the person. No, that answers that answers my question uh, totally. And I wanted to ask you, uh, tell us a little bit about the Fourth Ward. And I want to give you an opportunity to tell our listeners like what some of the the things you want to do to improve that that ward are. There are various development projects that are coming down in into the fourth ward and i'm just here to continue his vision so that the people in the fourth ward can see development so that they can see improvement in their neighborhoods whereas before in the past they gradually just dismantled the fourth ward which was ridiculous uh, but i'm i want to see the improvement I want to see revitalization in our area. And that's what I am standing for. That's, that's what, those are my goals, to see the neighborhood come back better than what it was, because we have the developers to do that. Just curious as to, you know, obviously with DeVille being the center of, of black life for so long, what does it mean to, to represent a ward with that much history in it for the black community and to see it fall on these hard times? Well, I'm glad to be in a position where we can bring back the, um, the development of these areas and uh, I am elated, like I said, I am elated to be a part of that. Just to be a part of trying to revitalize those areas. I, I, I am elated. Um, I was at a meeting yesterday with the um, residents uh, of Homer G. Phillips, and they have a list of concerns of things that uh, have not taken place that should have. So that's that's a hot issue that we're 
attending to right now um, the concerns of the uh, Homer G. Phillips president uh, uh, association. And they came with a lot of concerns and I was very disheartened to see from what Homer G. Phillips used to be because I had a cousin that used to live there. And they, their main concern is security. There is no security there. Uh, you can, anyone can walk in off the streets, which is not what Alderman Moore wanted to take place. He specifically told them that they wanted security in place, as well as some other things to take place. And I can't go into all of that right now because uh, we are waiting to speak with uh, the city attorney on some things that should have been in the contract since the city owns the, the building and they're just leasing it. Alderman Evans, I wanted to ask you a little bit about, you mentioned that you're very excited to be a part of attempting to revitalize this historic area of the city of St. Louis. Um, what will you be working to push at the Board of Aldermen to, for the city to kind of make it easier for you to do your job? What are some of your priorities legislatively to begin to revamp the, uh, the fourth ward and revitalize the fourth ward? Well, my lead developer, which is Laura uh, Hughes, uh, I am going to be pushing that the property that she wants to redevelop is blighted so that she can get those properties. She has her funding and I'm excited about that uh, so that they will continue to see development uh, taking place in the fourth ward. Uh, if you um, drive down Martin Luther King, you see that there are new uh, lights that are being uh, put up. That's part of Alderman Moore's plan. Uh, we've got uh, development for uh, housing and also businesses throughout the, the fourth ward. You've been down at the board now officially for a couple of weeks, and it has been a crazy long couple of weeks. And I'm wondering what your impression has been so far of um, of this job and uh, of you know the role that that you're now playing in the city. What have those three weeks been like? Well, when I used to attend the aldermen's meetings with Alderman uh, Sam Moore. Uh, I would see the legislate, legislation being pushed through for various wards and so forth. And so now uh, to be on the other side, whereas I was on the outside looking in, not being on the other side where I'm seeing what's taking place, uh, they're long hours, uh, <laughs> long hours. Uh, the other day we were, in a Zoom meeting from 10 o'clock to a quarter to five. And I'm saying, all righty then, is this what our meeting's going to be like? But however, we did get quite a bit done during those meetings. And uh, that's what I'm here to 
push legislation that will help to improve our community. And we'll be right back after this quick break. Stay tuned. And we're back with Fourth Ward Alderman Dwinderlyn Evans, the newly elected Alderman of the Fourth Ward. And Alderman, you mentioned obviously some of the long hours that uh, the that the board has gone through recently. And, and one of the big issues that is kind of just sticking with the board right now is the question of whether the city of St. Louis should hire a private operator to uh, handle St. Louis Lambert International Airport. And part of the sort of push for this is that it would bring in money for wards like yours that are struggling with crime, poverty, issues of disinvestment. Um, what do you think about that issue? Is, is, that, is leasing St. Louis Lambert International Airport the right way to go? Well, I'm not sure exactly what's the right way to go. I can only share my opinion. Um, Elliot Davis made an important uh, comment that no other airport has resulted in privatization. And, you know, when he said that, that led me to have to uh, research why the other airports have not committed to privatization. And uh, I'm in the process of, of doing that now. But I feel that the airport is one of the city's main resources and I would not like to have that go into uh, private investors' hands. Even if it could mean an infusion of $1 billion to, to troubled wards, does that appeal to you at all? Sort of that upfront money for crime reduction, for economic development, those kind of things? I look at it this way. They can find funding and funds for whatever it is that they want. If the, I guess you could say, if the problem is their priority. Like I said, that's, that's a, a touchy situation. I really don't want to see the airport go to privatization. Uh, I believe we can find monies otherwise. Uh, elsewhere. One of the other issues that um, may come up at the board, uh, uh, which I think took a lot of time recently as well, is an effort to reverse the ward reduction, which would bring the Board of Aldermen from 28 down to 14 at its next uh, redistricting. And one of the main complaints about the potential for ward, ward reduction is that it would take away power from the African-American wards. Um, where do you stand on, on that? Should we go from 28 wards to 14 or are, is the city better off, is black representation better off with the remaining at uh, 28 wards? I feel the wards would, would be better off with 28. I'm answering concerns of my constituents throughout the, the ward. I did it before I was elected. I did it as I got elected and I'm still doing it now. My thing is how is 14 people 
going to answer the needs of my constituents in my ward. Now, and I gave them that challenge at the last board meeting. I said, I challenge any of the 27 other ward members to accompany me when I go to answer the concerns of my constituents in my ward. I had one person to take me up on that. <laughs> and uh, I said, okay, you know, because, and, and that was uh, Vicki Grass of uh, Ward 12. And I told, I said, excellent. Uh, I will let you know when we can go out and uh, uh, address some of these concerns in my ward. And I was just sharing with her today some of the other concerns, you know, involving Homer G. Phillips. And it's just, it's a lot. It is a lot. And I don't want my constituents to fall short of having their concerns or resources uh, given to them because uh, of lack of, of people to handle their problems. So in order for ward reduction to be reversed, you're going to have to go to the voters, and I think you're going to have to get 60% of city voters to reverse ward reduction. What's going to be your message to people that may have voted for this in 2012, that this is not the best idea going into the 2021 redistricting cycle? I was not around politically for, for in, in 2012. My thing is we have to educate our constituents as to what it really entails. At first they were saying that there was a possibility that it would save, save money. Uh, but uh, uh, that's not the case at all. That's not the case. We're barely getting services and resources now with 28. How are they gonna get them when there's only 14? So educating our constituents and letting them, letting them know exactly what's going to take place if it's reduced from 28 to 14 is the way to get the voters out so that that does not transpire. One of the other, should the city have a residency requirement and what's going to be your message to your voters in the fourth ward about, you know, whether or not uh, city workers should continue to live in the city? I'm new at this, but my opinion is if you live in your city, if you live where you work, you're going to take care of where you work. Um, I could live out of the city and, and this, like I said, this is just my, my assumption. If you live in the city, you're going to care about problems and things, uh, that, that go on in the city. Someone that lives out of the city, you come in, you work, you get paid, you're taking resources out of the city. We want you to live in the city, pay your taxes and so forth. And um, I just think that they should live in the city. Do you think your ward would agree with that? Possibly. 
I believe they would. I think if we're being really honest about the reason why some city workers don't want to live in the city, it's education. And um, rightly or wrongly, SLPS does not have the best reputation, especially with what I would consider middle to upper class white people that leave the city for the county. To be perfectly candid with you, I used to live in the city, but I left for the county because this, the special education services at SLPS were not nearly adequate enough for my son and that I would be better off in the county. So my question for you is, do you think that there has to be kind of a dual effort, not only to maybe defeat this residency requirement, but also make the the school improve the perception of SLPS, but also improve the operations of SLPS to convince more parents to stay here? You look at what they have done for the city or to the city. They have dismantled the city bit by bit. When you have children that live in the city and you're busing them out into the county, with the students, when the students go into the county, so goes the money for that child. Now, my thing is, this is all part of a plan that has been implemented over the years to dismantle the North Side. I had an opportunity when Alderman Moore was alive. They were going to close Farragut School. So I went along with him. There was a developer with us as well because they wanted to develop that place into a living uh, facility. So I get over there and we take a tour of the building. Farragut School was one of the well best kept secrets in St. Louis. The children were orderly. Oh, they weren't being closed because of academics. They were making the academics. They were being closed because of population. The people, they didn't have enough students to mandate them staying open. Farragut, like I said, one of the best kept cities, uh, secrets of the city of St. Louis. Me being in education, when I saw what they had to offer, I said, this is, every principal's and every teacher's dream to have a school of this nature. And you wanna close it to make it living facilities? Here again, another stake, stakeholder in our neighborhood, you wanna close to further close it. And for what? You keep, I mean, this is an educational uh, uh, facility, I mean, that teachers dream of principals dream of, and yet you want to close it. I was against that. And it's still open today. And we're going to fight to keep it open. Because the teachers and the principal at Farragut School, they fought hard to get to where they are. And it's sad to see the education uh, the educational facility of that nature 
closed for lack of students. How would the board, what can the Board of Aldermen do to help keep students in the city so that Farragut and the other hidden gems of the north side and the south side don't close for lack of students? They need to keep and open facilities that support higher learning education instead of closing them down for lack of students and, and lack of, 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 uh, of students being in the neighborhood. Alderman Evans, is there anything else that you uh, want to tell us about the, the fourth ward? Anything else that we should know about uh, what you hope to do with your time in office? I would like to say that I'm excited of the uh, development that's coming down the pipes. Uh, we welcome businesses to our area uh, and, uh, and new development, period. We'd love to see a lot of uh, businesses in our area that we generally go out of our area to attend. So that's, I'm putting that out there. We welcome all developers and uh, I'm excited. I'm ready to see development take place which some of it is already, you know, in the process and I'm ready to see more. For all of our stories, you can go to stlpublicradio.org. You can find me on Twitter at rlipman. Jason, where are you these days on Twitter? Jay Rosenbaum. Alderman Evans, is there any way that people can find you on social media? Are you on Twitter, Facebook, any, anywhere? I'm on Facebook and uh, I've got someone that's trying to get me on Twitter. I'm uh, new to some of the uh, tech technology, <laughs> the, the techie aspect of this. So I've got people that are trying to bring me up uh, to the 21st century.